Hey, listener, looks like you're back for this special week of Pastor With No Answers. It appears as if you get a lot out of hearing about other people's misfortunes. I bet when you hear about crazy people, it makes you feel a little better about yourself. And you know, deep down in my heart, my heart that's healed, oh, about 8% from all my torturous thoughts that plagued my life for a couple decades, I think it's okay that my stories have that effect on you. I'm kind of happy about it. As happy as a dark, wounded heart can be, of course. Well, you get to hear from friend number two today. Don't forget that fundamentalist stories of a mentally ill, obsessive, compulsive, legalistic youth group kid turned pastor is available now on Amazon and Kindle version, and it's on sale for $4.99. And if you want the paper copy, it's 20% off at badchristianmedia.com using promo code PWNAL at checkout. All right, Scott Sinclair. Most most people, your close friends know you as Dumpy, yep. and I'm happy to say that you're one of my closest friends I've ever had in my whole entire life. Met you back in 1995, 21 years ago. <laughs> oh my gosh, it's been a minute. 21 years ago. So here, you know. It's crazy because here we are, super close friends. We haven't lost touch. Um, you know, if you're going through something super difficult in life, I'm going to hear about it, vice versa. Um, I think probably early on in our relationship, you probably had doubts about that. And, uh, you know, we're talking about a book that you just read, and it depicts my life from a child uh, through college, which is where you and I hung out a lot, and then into a lot of my adulthood. And so a lot of stories in college that, you know, a lot of my college buddies obviously will, you know, have a uh, more clear reference point. But I remember a, a lot of my depression, a lot of the stuff that I went through, I mean, deeply troubled. I mean, I was hanging out with you a lot, so... Maybe you were contributing to it. I don't know. I Probably don't know. So. <laughs> um, <laughs> I remember one situation in particular, and I think I want to. I, I want to guess that after this happened, you probably thought, eh, "Joe and I, we're not going to be that close of friends." Like this, this is just messed up. So what happened? I know you remember clearly. Um, me, you my girlfriend at the time and her cousin who is still close friends with us as well. We're all hanging out and there's a top bunk that my girlfriend's up on with me and leaning up against the wall, watching TV. Well, you hop up there, sit on the other side of her and you got your arm around her. I mean, cause she's your buddy too. And you know, to you, it's just like a bunch of buddies hanging out. This is fun. And I, I mean, just a wave of frustration, uh, resentment, confusion, like a, a just a darkness settles on me. I'm like, what in the world is going on? What what happened to my friend Dumpy, who's 
got my back. Why would he be doing this right now? And it just consumed me. And I, I would even say at the t- this is at a time when I did not know that I, not only did I not understand depression and that I was going through it, but I also had really no gauge of my irrational thinking and just how things can just blow up in my mind that make very little sense. So I remember shortly afterwards you went back to your room and I just sat there perplexed and I was like, man, I, I, I've got to talk about him. Talk, talk to him about this because otherwise I, I'm just not going to be able to, you know, have a normal relationship with them. So I remember, you know, going over to your room and I think I, it's crazy. I remember very clearly you were on the phone. So I talked to your roommate and I said, I really need to, to talk to Scott. He could tell I was really upset. And he said, what's going on? I, I actually took him outside and I told him exactly what I was thinking. And he was like, no, no, man. no." <laughs> so basically I thought you were macking on a girl that that was my girlfriend that you considered friend. And I was just like, what in the world is going on? One of my best friends is trying to hit on my girlfriend in front of me. And he's not saying he's sorry. He's, he's, I mean, this is like a slap in my face. Like when I confronted you, um, and, and I know not everybody's memory is like mine, you know, with details and stuff like that. But do you, do you remember what your reaction was? Uh, a little, you know, again, that was 20 ish years ago, <laughs> but you know, as you talk, I do remember like weird details. I remember approximately where we were standing. I remember the railing. Now you did take uh, off all your clothes when you were up there. So that was, that added to my frustration, yeah. but <laughs> yeah, I was just trying to show you things. No, um, <laughs> but no, I do remember like at first I thought you might've been joking. I thought, because you were real trippy and goofy, and I thought, seriously? I was kind of waiting for the punchline. And then I was so surprised because I saw her in a sisterly, buddy kind of role, you know, a relationship. And, you know, if I was wanting a Mac on her, I wouldn't have done it when you were sitting there, you know, Um, because I had other opportunities for that. So, yeah, I really thought this is not real for a while. Yeah. And then when I realized you were serious... Of course, you know, I guess I felt guilty, like, God, what did I do wrong? And um, do I need to own any of this? What do I need to own? Um, I was just pretty confused. So I was certainly taken aback, shocked. Um, And in that moment, I I do think that um, I probably maybe doubted the relationship a little bit. I was like, you know, we're cool. And yeah, I don't. Yeah, homeboy status had to be pretty dim right there. I mean, you had to be like, wait a second. Yeah. And I and you know and if it may have been another scenario, but I I feel like I remember us riding around in my car a little bit. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You said hop in the car. Like yeah. It was just like no, we got to yeah. talk. Yeah, and I felt like we kind of had to get it out, but you know it it was weird, you know. And at the time, as I as we talked a little, and I and I've read the book, there are things and signs and things that I did not see um, at the time because I was you know. 18, 19, yeah. very self-centered. Well, I didn't and, see him either. Yeah, I, looking at it now, I'm like, oh, yeah, that, that kind of yeah, makes sense. Or, yeah, but at the time, I guess I was so self-absorbed that I wasn't looking at other people and trying to figure them out, you know? Yeah, yeah and, you know, some people listening, they may be thinking, okay, wait a second. I mean, it's super ir- irrational. 
Probably not. I mean, that's the, you just had. You know, Joey just had a miscalculation in in his thinking. No big deal. People make mistakes like that. But but here's why that's wrong. I remember sitting in a in a theater with the same girl, uh, Jennifer, and we were actually watching a Power Rangers movie. It was like the first big Power Rangers movie, and she was she was ooing and on over how uh, cute a couple of the actors were. And when we got out of that movie theater, I was just so deflated, re- felt rejected. I was pissed at her. I wouldn't talk to her. And she just was like, what in the world is going wrong? Like, we went into that movie, totally cool, now we're leaving. And she was just clueless. And I was just torn up about her saying that two freaking actors on a Power Rangers movie were nice looking. I mean, just crazy. That should have been your sign right there to let her go, though. (laughs) As your friend, I should tell you that. So, our... You know, reading reading through this book, like our, you know, you said that, you know, some of this stuff kind of makes sense now, but you, you know, were too young to to see that. Which I mean, even my own brother said the same thing. He said that he thinks that I did a pretty good job masking it. And and obviously, you know, you and I are talking about a season in my life where I I didn't know what was going on in my mind. I didn't understand that there was some illness there. But were you surprised by any of the content in the book? Like, did any did any of it have you thinking, "Oh my gosh, this is this is some pretty messed up stuff"? Um, I'll say it like this: I don't necessarily think the things I read were messed up stuff. There there were things that I could identify with. There are things that I think that a lot of people think and experience and go through, but they don't necessarily put it on paper. Yeah, and necessarily talk about it. Um. You know, just some of the things that you wrote about how, you know, you had to say your prayers just right and you had a checklist in your drawer and you those types of things, I mean, you hid them very well. Like yeah. your brother said, I, I never saw those things, but I can kind of identify because there are certain things that I do um, that, yeah, I, I had that too. But I guess I don't even think about them enough to think it's a problem. But then I guess when I read about some of the things that you shared, I'm thinking, man. Um, I can identify with that. Um, that's, yeah, that's, that is weird. You know, yeah. and it made me think about some of the, some of the things that I do that maybe that's a little, <laughs> maybe that's a little odd. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I mean, even like, you know, and, and as, as far as surprising things, you know, I had heard, um, about you getting your dad's, uh, advice before your wedding and that kind of thing. Right. But, um, for for someone who has not heard that, they would read that, and I think in the beginning, the first time I heard it, I read it and I was like, "Man, that is hilarious!" And yeah. I, you know, thinking about your dad and what his reaction had to be, but at the same time, you know, if you if you kind of uh, step back and think about it, that's that's really sad that for whatever reason, if you want to say it was because of the impact of the church or your interpretation of scripture that you felt that way as a young man, you know, yeah. and that you needed that kind of validation. That's just, it's kind of sad that for whatever set that up, you know, yeah. um, it's hilarious, yeah. but it's also sad. <laughs> yeah. 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 That was one, that was one surprise that came out of me actually writing this book was the, the deep feeling of sadness for myself at that age, and it's a feeling that I I I can't it really. I, I'll try to put into words, but it's hard because 
it's you would think that that's coming across as like hey people feel bad for me but it's not it's not something that I'm going around well yeah I guess I am doing that right now telling people about it but it it really is a sadness for someone that doesn't exist anymore like that dude is gone but my heart does go out to him because he still exists in my head and I, you know, I'm I'm learning more and more about the brain and the mind through some counseling and all that stuff. And I mean, you know, some people would even put it into these sorts of words, like there are certain seasons of life where that person in the past, we have to figure out in the present how to release them, like mm-hmm. let them go, free them, and all that stuff. Which I, I I don't I don't feel that at all. But writing this stuff, man, I'm laughing one second. And I'm really kind of sad the other second because there are definitely times when I think about, you know, even college, man, I've got so many good memories, but it was all tainted pretty heavily. Like it it was, there was always somewhat of a darkness, you know, over everything. So um, like, do you remember early on, did, did you think that uh, like, what was your assessment of me with how strict I was? with the music I listened to, the movies that I watched. I mean, there were, like, obviously, your favorite movie at the at the time was Friday. I wouldn't watch it with you. You talked up Pulp Fiction. I would not watch it with you. You know, you come over to our, my, our apartment, and all the bands I'm listening to, for the most part, you never heard of because they're on Tooth & Nail Records and a bunch of, you know, Christian labels. So what, what did you think about all that? Yeah, um, I think that, you know... For myself, uh, you know, I was coming from a small town, only knew of, you know, really popular music and movies and that kind of thing. Um, and so I had a pretty sheltered view uh, in a way. But my parents weren't like, you know, like you've talked about with yours. They didn't, you know, th- they certainly didn't want me watching some things. But right. um, they uh, they didn't say I had to only listen to Christian radio or anything like that. Yeah. Um, and so when I met you. I didn't see it as weird. I, you know, at first I didn't see it as bad. I just saw it as different. And in, in trying to figure out who I was, I thought in a way, well, it's kind of cool, you know, because I've never heard of these bands, never heard of this stuff. But then when I saw that you weren't interested and willing to check out the stuff that I was sharing and yeah. really be yeah. interested in it, that was kind of a kind of a downer. Um, because I know some of the stuff I heard that you had, I liked it. Right. But I didn't hear it enough to really want to check it out more, you know. Right. But I remember that was weird. And, you know, I don't think you at the time I didn't think, well, God, this guy, he's like all the other Christians I knew growing up. But, you know, as far as from a a legalistic point of view, um, growing up, you know, church meant certain things in my family. Um, And we've talked about this before. I was raised, you know, with great morals and a, a respect for God. But it wasn't necessarily about a relationship. Yeah, and um, Dude, but you, I, were, you were someone in my mind, by the way, that I mean, I, I'm probably telling you this for the first time, but you mm-hmm. fell in the category of one of the good guys that was going to burn in hell. Like, yeah, in, yeah, in, I'm sure. In my mind, I was like, this is a guy that thinks that he's doing everything right, but there's no relationship there. And what the hell am I doing by not telling him this? You know, right. I need yeah. to sit him down and say, dude, you're lost. You're going to burn in hell forever. Like you, you were one of those friends. I was like, he's, yeah. I can't believe he's going to be lost forever. 
Yeah. And I think that, you know, had that conversation happened at that time, I don't know how I would have taken it. Uh, I might have told you to uh, get out of my room, you and the girl that I don't care about, and don't come back. Um, but no, I think that I just saw everything as, all right, this is a kid from a different town, different experience. This is a liberal arts school, lots of different people. I was just trying to kind of open up my mind and be open to different people. And I saw you in that category. And, you know, out where we lived, there were a lot of different people. You know, we weren't in the regular freshman dorms. And so I just looked at it as, well, you know, different, not necessarily bad. Yeah. Um, and I just kind of took things for how they were, you know, and I felt like, well, we're, we're buds, but there's a certain level, like, you know, like my buddies back home that I have these things in common with as far as music and that kind of stuff. I have that in common with them, but I don't have that with Joey. It's just yeah. different, you know, different things, different uh, things in common. But, but that is interesting. Oh, I'm sorry. What'd you no, say? it was just, it was kind of weird because, you know, clothing, music, everything that you and um, your girlfriend at the time, you know, you guys and your cousin, you know, her cousin, um, John, they, they did listen to different things. And that was just something that. It wasn't just you. It was I grouped you all together. Yeah, you know, you all were together. So I felt like, um, I don't know. It was. It, it wasn't just like a, a. This is just this guy who's different. It was like this whole crew, and I kind of you kind of all came as a package deal. You yeah, know? yeah, totally. Yeah, it's it's weird. Like you, you didn't say this specifically, but it is like my my character. <laughs> was kind of interesting because I don't think too many people would have seen me as like a Christian stuck in the mud fundamentalist guy, which I really was. But I think how I carried myself, the fact that I was super goofy, super loose, um, may maybe even, you know, warm and friendly, happy go lucky when I wasn't depressed, those sorts of things didn't clue people in on the, on the fundamentalist side. But, I mean, here's how crazy my memory is. I actually remember in front of your roommate uh, calling someone, um, like I was like, oh, my gosh, he's badass. But instead of badass, I said bad behind. Oh, my gosh, that dude's a bad yeah. behind. And he was like, dude, at least say bad butt. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but I wouldn't even say badass. <laughs> yeah. that It's funny, I mean, because at the same time, you know, there were things you were doing, like we were prank phone phone calling people and yeah. scaring girls and doing things that right. are just, you know, not cool, not not okay in the moment. I mean, we thought they were funny, but that stuff wasn't a sin to me though. In my nah. mind, it was just cutting around. You know, if it was a yeah. sin, I would not have. Been, I would have been trying not to do them. What What do you think right. about the the church and all of this? You know, no, you know, reading about some of the church background that I, I went through, you know, and as a, as a friend of mine that cares about me, like, do you think about the church and man, that's, that sucks how the church screwed Joey over. Or do you just see it more as now Joey had a sick brain. You can't put that on the well, church. I don't see it. in you know, in absolutes, you know, it's not totally one or the other. Yeah. Um, I think it's both. Um, and at the time I probably saw it back then. I saw it more as, um, his upbringing or the church versus a sick mind. Yeah. Um, cause I don't think, you know, at that age, I guess I had heard of some examples of mental illness, but I didn't know much about it. Yeah. So I wouldn't have walked around saying, Oh, this kid's got this and this, this diagnosis and this, that, that just didn't enter my mind. But I do think that, you know, kind of like I alluded to earlier, I think that, you know, I saw church as 
almost the haves and the have-nots. You know, yeah. that was raised that you know, church. That's just maybe for more wealthy people who, because um, you know, my parents they weren't the most social. They didn't really go to church. We didn't dress up. That just wasn't our thing. Um, just working class people, you know, yeah. and who did right by their family. And but as far as you know being involved in a church that just wasn't on the, on the priority list. Yeah. Um, and so I guess from, for looking at you, I just kind of put you in that category of, well, I guess you were raised to be one of those people. And I think that, you know, I know in the book you mentioned like the youth group kids staying away from the bad people. Um, and I don't, I didn't necessarily feel like a bad person, but, um, I knew that I didn't fit in with the youth group people. So right. I was cool just, not being that, not yes. necessarily being a bad person, but not being that. But I think that I saw you as somebody who was at least open to, you know, having friendships and, and being cool with people who weren't in that club. But I think what was kind of neat is the change because, right. you know, the and, and not that you're better or worse now because you do say ass or whatever. But I remember um, <laughs> this story once. There was the funny lunch guy in the cafeteria. Yeah. Uh, if you yeah. remember that guy, we uh, we uh, my roommate and I, and I think it was just two of us, maybe somebody else, but we went with somebody. And we bought beer one night, and I remember like, you know, our, there are friends down there, but we can't let them know because they won't be our friends and they'll think bad of us. So I remember sneaking the beer upstairs, um, and the 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 guy from the lunch uh, room, he saw us at the gas station. Yeah. Yeah. And he was like, dude, and he. Uh, called out the kind of beer we were drinking and stuff. And I was just trying to hide, you know, cause I felt like I was doing something wrong, but you know, at least in your eyes. Yeah. And, uh, I, um, I remember he saw us when we were all in the cafeteria together and he started to try to bring it up and talk about it. And I was like, Shh, no, 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 because <laughs> I was, I guess embarrassed, but I also felt guilty and I felt like I'd be judged, you yeah. know, um, which I, I guess I would have. Um, but, it was just a part of the, you know, college experience. I was just trying to figure out who I was and am I this straight laced Bible thumping guy? Am right. I a party guy? Who am I? You know, I think that's all part of my own process. But um, for you, I looked at it as, yeah, some of the church, but also your upbringing. But I think what I thought was pretty cool is um, just a change I saw when we got older. Yeah. And I don't remember what year this was, but I don't know if you remember this. I think we were going to see a show. And I think we were with Far, and we were driving. In my mind, we might have been like near Spartanburg or something. But I remember just talking about faith and um, what really mattered. And I just remember thinking, uh, I didn't hear this from you, you know, back in the day. This is not what I heard about church. And I can live with this. You know, th right. this would work for me. Um, just talking about the relationship with God and um it was different. It was a much more chill, laid back, uh, more adult, less judgmental conversation. Yeah. yeah. And in that moment in your life, I don't know if you remember or not, but I don't know where you were as far as your journey up and down the, you know, the, the, the roller coaster of mental illness. I'm not sure. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I, I don't really, I think I may remember that, but I wouldn't even say there was substantial change as much as, that was probably the first time that I really talked to you about my faith. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. yeah. um, because <clears throat> the the tragedy of my upbringing was I, I embraced grace, but it was just with a bunch of strings attached. You know, yeah. 
And so uh, I could talk about grace and leave the strings attached off, but in my head they were still there. Yeah. If that makes sense. Well, cool, man. Good hanging out. Um, I know back in the day you were trying to figure things out with alcohol. It's crazy that you got two little girls and a wife, and you're trying to figure things out now with, like, whether or not you should go to strip clubs. You just got back from a strip club, right? Uh, actually, I worked there. I figured I'd make money doing it. No, that is a total joke. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> might edit that out. Just saying. Uh, but no. Well, I love you. I mom. actually work at a male strip club. Okay, I'll I'll admit it. <laughs> the money's good. The, the money is good. good, man. All right. Well, thank you. Thank Bye, you buddy. for your time. Thanks for reading the book. And uh, yeah, man. We'll talk to you later. All right, man. Oprah's going to pick it up. Sweet. Sweet.